Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. For more information and to donate online, go to 3cr.org.au. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Dirt Radio. Organic. Friends of the Earth. Activism. Underground. Political action. Necessary. Wind farms. Indigenous struggles. Land rights. Anti-nuclear. Nanotechnology. Climate change. Coal barons. Mining magnates. Activists. Bull. Educating. Communities. Transforming. Communities. Mobilising a sustainable planet. Get involved now. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Friends of the Earth. Dirt Radio. And a big good morning to everyone out there listening to 3CR. You're listening to Dirt Radio, Friends of the Earth-sponsored show um, that digs down into the dirt and talks to activists about what's going on around uh, so-called Melbourne and in the wider community. Of course, we are coming at you live from the stolen lands of the Wurundjeri people um, in the Kulin Nations, and sovereignty here has never been ceded. Today, we want to talk about... Uh, a technology that is unproven, um, one that the government is thinking about putting money into, and one that is opposed by the community. Uh, no, I'm not talking about fracking this time. I'm talking about another invasive drilling technique that seeks to store carbon waste underground. Uh, joining me on the telephone is Catherine Hurst, who is an artist and activist involved with Friends of the Earth Melbourne's Quit Coal Collective. Good morning, Catherine. Are you there? Hi, Phil. Yes, I am. How are you? I'm very well. A pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. So I wondered if you could um, start off. I haven't really given away what the show's about um, so far yet, but what is carbon capture and storage or carbon waste as Quick Cola calling it? Yes, we're calling it carbon waste injection um, because it's an unproven technology. So the process of storage is not actually... Um, fully proven and we don't know whether there's going to be leakage over a long period of time. Also, um, it's the, the capture part itself is not 100%. It's most, most of the companies who are proposing it will say things like up to 90%. Um, the process itself is um, a process of extracting CO2 emissions from fossil fuel power plants using substances called amines, which are then um, compressed and injected underground or sent through pipelines or shipped to storage spaces, depending on where the storage spaces are. Um, The amines can break down into other unknown compounds, which are not fully understood by scientists anywhere. Their toxicity is unknown and the effect on the marine environment is also unknown because a lot of the pla- a lot of the storage sites are offshore in old oil or gas gas wells and um, one of the substances involved is nitrous amines which is one of the most carcinogenic um toxic uh, chemicals in tobacco smoke so that's a pretty kind of worrying and unknown outcome. Um, the other thing about carbon capture and storage, as it's called, or carbon waste carbon injection, is that it hasn't been proven 
and on an economically manageable scale anywhere in the world. But billions of dollars have been spent trying to get it up and running. Um, Yeah, that almost seems crazy, um, considering there's so many off-the-shelf alternatives to coal, aren't there? There are so many. It does seem just a really mad thing to do. It's tons cheaper to scale up renewables. It's just... And and the the, um, thinking behind this carbon capture process, carbon capture and storage process, seems to be about keeping coal running. For sure. And so in Victoria, um, I know that the Andrews government um, have a uh, entity, or the Victorian government in general, has an entity called CarbonNet who want to build a case, uh, waste carbon injection and storage facility. Where are they proposing to do that? And what sort of sums of money are we talking about? We're talking about hundreds of millions that have been put into this project already by the state and federal government and also by the international um, uh, carbon capture and storage um, group project people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not quite sure I've forgotten their complete name, but anyway, they've they've actually thrown a a few million at it too. Um, In fact, lots and lots of money. The Carbon Net Project, as it's called, is... um, proposing to inject waste carbon off 90 Mile Beach, which is an absolutely glorious, beautiful place, as most Victorians would know. Most of us have been there sometime or other, and, you know, most of us, once we've been there, we want to go back. They're talking about a place called Golden Beach, which is aptly named because it's just absolutely exquisite. Mm. There's... um, Lots and lots of bird life, there are plentiful fish, and there's an old wreck off the coast, which is really a a fabulous thing. It's just a a very beautiful place. The community there does not want this to go on. They're really concerned about the effects, and they're really concerned about the possibility of any waste carbon coming up and, and destroying sea life and and the ongoing effects of that in their area, it's really quite horrifying. Mm. Um, there have been cases of, of mass carbon releases in various places in the world. There have been leakages at other storage places, but there have also been naturally occurring um, releases which have killed lots and lots of people. So this is a really concerning kind of process. There people who are Carbon Net obviously are saying that they believe that, you know, they have the technology to do it safely. These kind of things are always unpredictable. They're going to inject the waste carbon into sites that used to be old um, oil and gas wells. Um, And they're saying this is geologically stable. Geological stability is not necessarily an ongoing thing. <laughs> Geology changes all the time. So, Very true. Yeah, it's, it's really a worry, but there's also the process of taking it there and injecting it, which possibly releases carbon all along the way. Sure. And, 
I mean, this yeah. this sort of approach, it almost um, reminds me, I'm sure many people have lived in a share house out there and had their uh, their housemates who don't want to do the dishes and then they just leave them under their bed or hide them around their house so you can't find them and uh, kind of leave them for uh, the next generation to clean up. I mean, really, uh, Victoria has committed to become uh, net zero emissions in the Climate Change Act. Um, we have a Victorian renewable energy target that is scaling up renewable energy um, and seeing the shutdown of uh, coal-fired uh, coal plants. Um, this really feels like it's just about perpetuating the coal industry and kind of finding a scapegoat so someone else has to clean up today's carbon mess tomorrow. Is that what this is about? Absolutely. I think it's really seriously leaving a, a toxic leg legacy for a future generation. And, you know, th there's a lot of science behind what happens if there are leaks and some of the, some of the um, experts have come up with the figure of if there's any more than 1% or up to 1% leakage every thousand years, then it undermines the whole process. That's kind of a massive risk for us to take for future generations. Mm. And it just doesn't make sense. If we stop producing the coal to make the carbon, then we don't have to take that risk. It, it, it does seem um, crazy, considering you were saying that they were guaranteeing 90% uh, kind of storage rates? They're, they're guaranteeing up to 90% capture. <laughs> oh, capture, yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> then the storage rate, they, they seem to be saying, oh, we think the storage rate, storage is going to work. But So there's a 10% there's or over that won't be captured, which is also a concern. Mm. But there's also the process itself produces other toxic chemicals. There's always toxic waste. There's the other side of it is that it takes 16% more power to produce the process to capture the carbon and that's ongoing so you take 16% more power to produce to capture that much carbon and 16% of that and so on in a sort of feedback loop I suppose and that itself um, means that you, of course you have to burn that much more coal so it's kind of a, it seems to me to be quite a self-defeating scenario. Oh, for sure. <laughs> and, and you mentioned earlier that the community aren't supporting the project. So um, what sort of reactions um, have the Quick Call Collective seen from community members down there? Oh, they just absolutely don't want it to happen. They've got a, a Facebook site. Um, uh, I've just, the name of that Facebook site actually escapes me at the moment but it's, we'll put a link no for that up in on golden beach or something like that we'll put a link uh, to that in the um the program notes as well oh fantastic that's great um yeah that the community is is very actively moving against this and doing as much as they can it's a fairly small community so they need a lot of support i think you know as much support as they can get from that from the general public would be really fantastic. Mm. Um, if people need information also further, they can contact us. Um, there's also a petition up on at Friends of the Earth, I understand, which would be really great for people to sign. 
For sure. Uh, and we'll put a link for that up um, also in the program notes as well for that petition to uh, stop the waste carbon injection project um, from going ahead at Golden Beach. Um, and I urge anyone who has um, been down to that beautiful stretch of coastline um, just down uh, to the east of Melbourne, then to really like um, think about it and think how much do you value that coastline and um, do you really want this uh, potentially quite dangerous project to go ahead that could really damage the, uh, the natural ecosystem down there? Yeah, that's right. The, the other concerning thing about this is that um, it's a pilot project. So if it is said to be successful, and I don't know how you can possibly say that until you've been doing it for a thousand years, Hmm. um, then they will scale it up. So that will keep coal going for longer and longer. But CarbonNet is saying the storage potential is for 20 gigatons, which is absolutely massive considering what the world's carbon budget is. It's bigger than what's thought to be going to be produced by the Adani coal mine. And it it suggests to me that it's all about keeping burning brown coal in Victoria. So that's a really scary idea. And what's happening with the the pilot project is that they're proposing to use, use coal to produce hydrogen gas to sell to Japan. And that is going to be you know, supposedly carbon neutral, but of course it's not because um, it has to be taken overseas and it has to have this... And to go ahead, it's been stipulated it must have the carbon capture process, which is, as we've said, quite dodgy in the first place. So <laughs> it's it's all very um, concerning and it's all very up in the air. So... Sure. If people want to get um, more directly involved as well, they can come along to um, the Quick Coal Collective meetings? Yes, that would be fantastic. We meet every Wednesday night at 6 o'clock at Friends of the Earth upstairs and it would be really great for anyone to be involved. You can be involved at any level. You can... All sorts of skills are needed, so it would be really good for people to come along. Sure. And as a former collective member of Quit Coal, I um, can't recommend it highly enough. A really amazing bunch of people doing amazing, amazing work. Um, I want to thank you so much, Catherine, for joining me this morning and um, sharing all this um, scary information about um, the carbon waste injection, aka carbon capture and storage, um, uh, with us today. Thank you very much, Phil. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Um, That was Catherine Hurst there uh, from the Quick Coal Collective. She is a renowned artist um, who has exhibited a couple of times at Friends of the Earth as well. Um, Give her a Google and check out her amazing work, as well as a committed uh, activist, um, a part of the Quick Coal Collective, who are supporting the Golden Beach community um, in their struggle against a carbon capture and storage, as the industry is calling it, or a carbon waste injection project, as we're calling it, um, down off the coast, which really does threaten to perpetuate the uh, the coal industry in Victoria at a time when we need to be scaling it down. Uh, you're listening to 3CR Dirt Radio. I'm Phil, and I'll be back in just a moment. 
In 2016, 3CR published a book to celebrate the station's 40th birthday. Years in the making, Radical Radio, celebrating 40 years of 3CR, is a visually stunning account of the people and ideas that make up this dynamic station. At 300 pages, the book includes hundreds of images and over 50 features on programs, people, music and technology from across the decades. 3CR's Radical Radio book is now on sale for just $30. You can get your copy of 3CR's book at the station during business hours at 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy or online at 3cr.org.au forward slash shop. Get a piece of your own history on sale for just $30. 3CR's Radical Radio is available now. That's right, and we just heard from uh, Combat Wombat, a bit of corruption dub, coming out of an interview where we heard about the hundreds of millions of dollars uh, being injected by both federal and state governments into the CarbonNet project, um, which uh, seeks to do carbon waste injection, or as uh, the proponents are calling it, um, carbon capture and storage um, project off 90 Mile Beach near the town of Golden Beach. We spoke to Catherine Hurst from the Quick Coal Collective and we'll be putting up some links in the podcast information and um, sharing it on Facebook as well, um, the petition, um, so you can help keep 90 Mile Beach pollution free and support the local community down there. Of course, there's always power in numbers, and there is also power in independent community-run media. So we want you to join the growing number of people fighting back by feeding your radical activist radio station. 3CR is driven by energy, politics and passion of our volunteers and members who turn up and do the work week in, week out, and we need your commitment to keep us on air. Uh, so we're asking, can you jump on and feed Radical Radio by subscribing now? It is relatively quite uh, affordable to um, help keep us on the air. Um, you can get a $35 concession or pension subscription. There's a $75 waged uh, subscription costs. Or if you've got a bit of uh, cash, you can do the $150 solidarity, which is also the price for bands and also organizations as well. So if you want to subscribe, you can jump on right now to 3cr.org.au or you can call us on 94198377. That's 03-9419-8377. And someone can help you subscribe and be part of that huge community keeping Radical Radio on the air. Currently uh, up in Canberra at the moment, hundreds of people are gathering uh, to talk about and take action on the many threats to land and waters from environmental colonialism and climate change. Uh, at the moment, they're preparing to take action, share culture and stories and protests, talk to politicians and bureaucrats and make sure the world knows what colonisation has done and is, is doing to the lands, water and the people of this nation and many nations. There'll be lots of mob meeting for talks and actions over the days. Um, and you can go down now if you um, can get to the Aboriginal Tent Embassy, where currently there's a big planning meeting going on. Um, water is life for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people, and land and water hold stories, law and songlines and culture, and is fed and sustained since the beginning of time. Right now, um, water and water rights of the original sovereign people of the continent under a great threat more than ever before. 
Uh, we've seen the big fish die-offs up in Menindi. Um, we've seen the total mismanagement of uh, the Murray-Darling River um, system. So really like it's more important now more than ever to um, come together and to really like show that there is massive opposition to the way that this water is being so-called managed um, and that we really need to start looking more at ecological and cultural flows and stop just feeding a very 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 thirsty cotton industry um, so that's happening at the moment, the National Water is Life uh, gathering in Canberra. Um, it's being hosted by uh, the SEED uh, Youth Climate Network, um, the Aboriginal Tent Embassy uh, and the Warriors of Aboriginal Resistance. So um, get along and support that. And if you can't be there, make sure you jump online and support them via social media. Uh, coming up also on a similar uh, event um, on the 15th of February in Melbourne, which is this Friday evening, um, is the vigil for the Barker or the Darling River. And it's to mourn the loss of a million native fish. So that's Friday the 15th at the State Library of Victoria at 6pm. So traditional owners along the Barker or the Darling River, as it is now known from colonization, um, are watching an ecological catastrophe unfold on their sacred river. For more than 60,000 years, the Bakandiji people have lived along the river, but the corruption, mismanagement and illegal dealings by governments and big irrigators in the Murray-Darling Basin have decimated this once great river and the communities who live alongside it. Uh, the Vigil is to be peaceful and will send a message of support and strength to friends on the Barker and bring more attention to this critical issue. It's a space to mourn the loss of wildlife of our great rivers. Not only a million fish, are millions of fish dead, but the turtles, yabbies, the birds, the kangaroos as well. Without a flowing river, communities are suffering and indigenous culture is being threatened. We urge you to come down and show support and lend your uh, lend your solidarity to this really critical uh, issue. So that's in Melbourne. Um, if you can't make it to the National Water Is Life gathering in Canberra happening now at the Tent Embassy and tomorrow, um, then make sure you come down on Friday to that vigil for the Barker, the Darling River, which is at the State Library from 6 p.m. Of course, if you're looking for more events or you want to find out how to get involved um, in any of the uh, many campaign collectives that are around at Friends of the Earth, you can always jump onto Facebook and go to facebook.com forward slash faux Melbourne, F-O-E Melbourne, all in lowercase, and you'll find everything you need there about collective meetings, about um, all sorts of actions coming up, events and all that sort of thing. Um, you can also go to our website, melbourne.foe.org. .au and there's lots of information and ideas on there about how you can get radical and get active in 2019. Let's make this a huge year of action for the struggle for environmental and social justice. Um, we are almost out of time. It is already 9.58. How did that happen? Um, so I want to thank you for listening in and a big thanks to Catherine Hurst for joining me on the phone today to talk about carbon capture and storage or carbon waste injection. And hopefully we can join you, we'll join you next week, hopefully having Megan Williams back in the studio with us, uh, hosting on the Dirt Radios. Um, until then, keep it locked on 3CR and don't forget to subscribe. Um, let's listen to a little Paul Kelly on the way out.